Well, this morning we're starting a new series, and it's a new series on the book of Proverbs, and we are calling it Timeless Wisdom. And this morning we are going to be focusing on the fear of the Lord. Now, imagine that you had the opportunity to meet with the wisest man in the world. And not only is he the wisest man in the world, but he's the richest man in the world. And imagine you had the opportunity to sit down with him and ask him any question that you wanted to ask, to seek from him any advice that you would want. You've heard of his wisdom, you've heard of his wealth, and now you have that opportunity. What would you ask him? Well, we have a person in Scripture that had that opportunity. In 1 Kings chapter 10, the queen of Sheba had heard of the wisdom and the wealth of Solomon. And so she traveled to be with Solomon. And she had that opportunity to question him, to seek out from him answers to his questions, and to ask him about his wealth. And you know what her response was after she met with him? She said, I have heard of your wisdom. I have heard of your prosperity. But the half hasn't been told. See, Solomon, as he was becoming king had the opportunity to ask God for anything he would want. Now, what would you ask for? If if God were to appear to you today and say, you can have anything that you desire, tell me what that one thing would be. Think about that for a moment. Would it be wealth? Would it be possessions? Would it be long life, Solomon could have asked for any of those. But in one of the wiser decisions that he made during his life, he asked for wisdom. And because he asked for that, God gave him not only wisdom, but he also gave him wealth. And so the book of Proverbs, most of the book, is written by Solomon. So as we approach the book of Proverbs, first of all, we can ask the question, what is a proverb? First of all, let's talk about what it is not. It is not a promise. It is not an absolute. If there's a mistake that's made in interpreting the book of Proverbs or quoting the book of Proverbs, often Christians quote it as being an absolute. And perhaps the the greatest place that I see that among Christians is the Proverbs that says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he'll not depart from it. And Christians claim that as an absolute promise from God's Word. It is not a promise, it is a proverb. And we'll talk about that proverb later on in our series. So it's not an absolute promise. It's not a guarantee. It is a generalization of what is normally true. It's a short statement 
that expresses a general truth for practical, godly living. The actual word proverb comes from a word that means to be like. And so as we go through the book of Proverbs in this series, we will see lots of comparisons of what things are like. So the purpose of a proverb is to present wisdom in a short, memorable format. Proverbs are simple and yet profound. Now, there are proverbs that we, as Americans, have that we say. Now, these are not from the Word of God, but they're proverbs that I'm sure you have all heard. For instance, two wrongs, what? Don't make it right. When in Rome, the squeaky wheel, when the tough, when the going gets tough, People who live in glass houses, birds of a feather, the early bird, I've never understood why someone wants the worm, but (laughs) one man's trash, that certainly explains yard sales, does it not? Sometimes I think it just circulates over and over again. A penny saved? You can't judge a book? Don't put all your eggs? The grass is always greener? Okay, so we have Proverbs, right? There are Proverbs, you know, now none of those came from the Word of God. You got that? Those are not from the Word of God. But throughout this series, we are going to see the Proverbs that are guidance for us for godly living. Now, how do you teach and preach from the book of Proverbs? That presents a problem for the pastor. Uh, Because the book of Proverbs is not written like other books in the Bible are written, where you just read a chapter and everything falls from chapter to chapter to chapter. This is a collection of Proverbs. And so uh, you'll be looking at one subject, the next verse you're looking at another subject, the next verse you're looking at another subject, and a single subject could be scattered and addressed throughout the book of, of Proverbs. And so it makes it difficult to say, okay, turn to this chapter and this verse. So throughout this series, we're going to be looking at different verses scattered throughout the book of Proverbs that are there on the basis of the subject matter that we're talking about. Now, we are going to be looking at many different passages this morning as we look at what is the fear of the Lord. Now, first of all, we need to define that. What is the fear of the Lord? Now, sometimes when we think of fear, we think of trembling, and we just think of, you know, we absolutely lose the ability to respond in any way that we are so uh, scared. And some are quick to dismiss that and say that when we think of of God, we shouldn't have that type of fear of Him. 
that what the fear of the Lord is, is a reverential respect. And though I think that is the best definition of it, I think it's important that we recognize that we are in a culture today that is very familiar with everything. And we seem to have, we seem to lose what I would call respect for one another. Uh, Regardless of which side of the political aisle you happen to be for or against, I think we can all agree that the first presidential debate was anything but presidential by both sides. So when we think there are certain things that should carry our respect, there are certain things that could, should cause us to act in a certain way. And when we speak of the fear of the Lord, I think we need to recognize who it is that we're talking about and recognize from the Scriptures how people responded when they came into His presence. In Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah came into the presence of the Lord, and what does he do? He cries out, woe is me. He's overcome by the presence of God. And he is also very aware of his sinfulness. The apostle John, who knew Jesus well, who walked with him. When John writes the book of Revelation and the Lord appears to him, how does he respond? He falls down at his feet as though he were dead. God is not our good buddy in the sky. Now, God is our Father. And, you know, we are told in the New Testament that we can come to him with Abba, Father, that we can call him Daddy. But... I don't know about you, but though I could call my father daddy at times, there were other times that, uh, especially when I had messed up, that there was a fear of him. Not that I felt that he was going to do anything wrong. I was more concerned he was going to do what was right and discipline me. which he did. And my mother used to use the statement, and perhaps your mother did as well, and this isn't always fair, ladies, but the statement was, wait till your dad gets home. I'd much rather deal with my mom than with my dad. Why? Because (laughs) he hit harder. And we'll be talking about that later in this series as well, but some of you younger ones don't know what we're talking about when we say that he hit harder. Let's just say the board of instruction was applied to the seat of learning. 
So the fear of the Lord is something where we have a reverential respect for God and we hold him in awe. Now, what is the benefit of the fear of the Lord? First of all, the fear of the Lord, a benefit is, it is the foundation of knowledge and wisdom. Proverbs chapter 1, and this is where we're going to start. This is our jumping off point this morning, and I'll have the verses up on the screen as we go through so that you'll be able to follow along, and you can write down the references as you want, but we're going to be working our way through the book of Proverbs today. So the fear of the Lord, one benefit of it, it is the foundation of knowledge and wisdom. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then over in Proverbs chapter 9, in verse 10, it says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Now, notice how the fear of the Lord, a benefit of it, is tied to both wisdom and to knowledge. Uh, in Proverbs 1.7, it's the beginning of knowledge that's listed first. In Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it's the beginning of wisdom. Now, when we think of knowledge, we're thinking of knowing God. We're thinking of information about God. And that information providing an intimate relationship because of the knowledge that we have. When we think of wisdom, it's more knowledge applied. It's good sense. It's skill and understanding of right principles. Now, Solomon is telling us that both of those are true. That when we have the proper view of God, when we have fear for God, it provides for our life a foundation of knowledge and wisdom. That we know of God plus we know God and we have a relationship with Him, and from that relationship it gives us good sense. It helps us in our decision-making. It's the foundation of our life. So from that foundation, another benefit of the fear of the Lord is it causes us to hate evil. Proverbs 8, 13. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech, I hate. So what does the fear of the Lord cause us to do? Hate that which is wrong. Hate that which is evil. Next, the fear of the Lord brings healing and refreshment. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord 
and turn away from evil. You see, you're going to see that throughout. When you fear the Lord, it causes you to what? Apply and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Let that sink in for a moment. You want good health? You want a better life? Then fear the Lord. Uh, David shares in his psalm of repentance that when he was not right with God, as his sin weighed upon him, it affected him physically. We do a good job of trying to separate the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual from one another. But the Scriptures take a holistic approach. God has created us as a being with a mind, with feelings, with emotions, with a body. And when one is out of whack, it affects the other areas of our life. Now, if we want good health, and and once again, this is not that absolute promise that every Christian will have good health and every Christian living right will have great health. No, that's not what the Bible is promising. But there is a general principle here that when you fear the Lord, you're going to make the kind of choices that will result in your refreshment to your bones and healing to your flesh. According to Proverbs 10.27, the fear of the Lord prolongs our life. The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. Now, once again, not an absolute, but once again, a general principle that when we fear the Lord, when we make the right kind of decisions, that it causes us to live longer. The years of the wicked will be cut short. Because often the wicked are involved in activities, they are involved in doing things that will cut their lives short. Their behavior leads to bad health and to death. The fear of the Lord not only will prolong your life, but it also brings satisfaction, according to Proverbs 19.23. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. He will be able to rest satisfied. Let me ask you a question. How do you sleep at night? When you go uh, to bed at night, Do you whisper a prayer to the Lord or maybe say it out loud in which you pray to Him and thank Him that you are in right relationship with Him? Uh, What happens when you're not in right relationship with the Lord? You know, I, I found in my life that the first thing that normally goes by the side when I'm being convicted by the Holy Spirit is my prayer life. And you know why it goes to the side? Because I really don't feel comfortable coming into the presence of 
the Lord when I know that I'm doing something that displeases him or something that he wants me to change. And when does that all come crashing down? Often at bedtime. Why? Because everything slows down at that point. During the day, I can keep myself busy with this activity, that activity, and I really don't have to think about it. But the fear of the Lord, it brings rest. And it's great to be able to to go to bed at night with a clear conscience and to be in right relationship with the Lord and to be able to call out to him with confidence that you know there's no problem in the relationship between you and God. The fear of the Lord, the right respect for him, applying that wisdom and knowledge helps us to be able to do that. The fear of the Lord, we're told, is more valuable than money. Proverbs 15, 16. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Let that one sink in for a little bit. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than to have of this world's treasures and trouble with it. See, what are you living for? What guides your decision-making? Is it money? Is it wealth? Is it success? Or is it to please God with your life? You know, Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 6, 9, that those who want to get rich, and notice those words, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Better is little with the fear of God than great treasure with the trouble that it brings. We're told that the fear of the Lord is the fountain of life. Proverbs 14, 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. Right respect for God refreshes us. Right respect for God energizes us. It's a fountain of life for us. So the question would be this morning, How do we get the fear of the Lord? Correct? If it has all these benefits uh, for us, how do we get it? If you're watching a commercial on TV, it's kind of funny these days when they talk about certain drugs on TV. You know, they tell you about all the benefits it will give you, right? And then as fast as they can say it, and in small print as they can make it, they said, uh, by the way, this drug may cause, <laughs> it may kill you, it may not let you sleep at night, and they go on with all that, right? Listen, with the fear of the Lord, there's no disclaimers. 
there are no disclaimers. There's no bad side effects from fearing God and from following Him. Everything is positive from following the Lord. So, if we know that, how do we get the fear of the Lord? We must choose it. We must choose it. In Proverbs chapter 1, in verses 28 to 31, the Lord is talking about those who are not following him. And he says, Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose. You see that? Did not choose the fear of the Lord would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat of the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. Then over in chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, he says this. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. How do we get the fear of the Lord? It's something that we choose. Now let me speak to you on that issue here this morning. First of all, I'm speaking to some of you who have never decided to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been coming to this church for years, and you've heard the gospel preached again and again. You've heard that there's salvation in Jesus Christ and in Him only. You've heard that you are a sinner separated from God because of your sin, and there is nothing that you can do to satisfy the wrath of God because of your sin. You are a sinner by birth, and by choice, and you have fallen short of God's glory. But God offers to you life because he commends his love to you while you are still a sinner, and he offers to you the gift of life through his grace and through his mercy. And the Spirit of God has spoken to your heart And you recognize the truth, but for some reason, whatever reason you may have, you have chosen not to follow him. You have chosen not to have the fear of the Lord. Friends, I appeal to you this morning. Put your faith and trust in Jesus. Put your faith and trust 
in the one who loved you so much that he went to the cross and died for you and provided the only way of salvation. You have to make a choice as to whether you will receive him or reject him. Dear Christian friends, every day in our lives, we are faced with choices. It's like we come to a fork in the road many times in all of our days. Will we do that which is right and honors God, or will we choose to go the other way and do that which dishonors God? We're faced with choices each day of our life. And the key to happiness, the key to fulfillment, the key to the joy of the Lord is to fear God and choose the right path. Because when we do that, we get all the benefits that come from obeying God and serving Him. May we be individuals that choose the fear of the Lord. May we be a church that chooses the way of the Lord. For as we choose that, God blesses us with knowledge and with wisdom. And I don't know about you, but that's how I want to live my life, right in the center of the will of God. And that's my prayer for us as a church, that we have a proper respect for God and we obey his word, that we do not run ahead of him, we do not lag behind him, but we be right in the center of his will. Because that's the place of blessing. That's the place where God works through us for his glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you how you give to us your wisdom and knowledge. Help us, Lord, that we might choose to honor you. Help us, Lord, that we will follow you. Father, for those who may be here who have not put their faith and trust in Jesus, may your Holy Spirit speak to their hearts, and may they follow after you. For all of this, we pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus. In his name, amen.